You're listening to the Living Philosophy Podcast with Jeremy and Zach, where we explore all aspects of health, the pursuit of passion, and realizing excellence. Welcome to another episode of the Living Philosophy Podcast. I'm Zach and I'm with my co-host, Jeremy. How are you today, sir? I'm feeling very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Yeah, been really good. Thank you for asking. So, fill us in. What's been happening with the elimination diet? I'm sure everyone is hanging to find out how you're going with this. Yes, where, where um, to? Yeah, I'm sure they are. So, let me have a look. I'll pull out my calendar quickly. Cool. So, today is day three of my having added back in peanuts into my diet. And you saw me just smash down a bit of peanuts and um, honey. Mate. Peanut butter and honey, that's, yeah, delicious. Yeah, it's good to have <laughs> that after like a month and a half or so without. I can imagine. Um, yeah, so tomorrow I'm going to be adding back in hazelnuts, <clears throat> pistachios, Brazil nuts, and macadamia. So I'm going to be able to... Not weak. Mate, not weak. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> adding four tomorrow. And cool thing is, <laughs> after this... Yeah, week of nuts. Yeah, and after this, it's sugar and then raw cacao, which means that I can make my own Nutella. Fantastic, mate. Go yeah. nuts. Go Gonna nuts be good. with that. Awesome. So we have a very special episode. This is the first episode in which we have a special guest starring in the episode. Yes. So we're going to get into that shortly. So Jeremy, just, just let's give our lovely listeners a bit of a background on, or a bit of a, just a, you know, a brief on what this episode is about and what they can expect to get <clears throat> from it. Yeah. So this episode is following on from our previous ones on goal setting and the mindset cycle. And we're going to be looking into, um, first of all, a helpful way to think about discipline and achieving results. Because, you know, these words are thrown around a lot, you know, discipline, willpower, you know, just get it done, just act. But sometimes, you know, we don't achieve the results that we want. And so Felicity very helpfully and I think in a very concise and um, deep way answers a few of our questions on that. Um, Yeah, that's, I think, a pretty good summary of what is to come. Yeah, awesome. No worries. And this this episode is relevant as well. I'd like to put this out there for people who are in a position of coaching, mentoring, or advising people, but also people on the receiving end. Definitely. So very, to give you an example, like this episode would be quite beneficial for a personal trainer and equally beneficial for the client. So it's quite a quite a diverse episode where we explore both sides of the of the story, pretty much. So yeah, yeah that's precisely right because we're going to be touching on um, the unconscious mind and how pain and pleasure factor in, and both coach and um, coachy need to understand these. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree. Fantastic. So without further ado, let's welcome our special guest. All right, very exciting times. Yes, this is the first live interview that we have with our first ever guest on the Living Philosophy Podcast. Jeremy, how are you feeling about this? I feel great and excited. It's going to be good. Awesome. So let's get straight into it. We've got our guest on the line and I'm just going to give an introduction as well. So her name is Felicity Muscat and I've known Felicity now for probably close to seven years and I can say with much gratitude If it wasn't for her, many things in my life, including myself and my mindset, would be completely different right now. Um, She's helped me sort of break through and overcome a lot of, you know, barriers that I created in my life and didn't have the skills and knowledge and wisdom to overcome. 
So deeply grateful for that. Having said that, uh, Felicity has founded the Institute of Self Mastery. So this is something that we're going to be talking a bit more about today and I'll get her to go a bit deeper on that herself. And um, yeah, so we're going to be exploring a few different topics. But first of all, welcome on the show, Felicity. It's awesome to have you on and I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on to share your experience, knowledge and wisdom with us. Um, so yeah, definitely give us a bit of a background. You know, Why did you start the Institute of Self Mastery? How did this all come about? And let's, let's go for it. Yeah. No problem. Let's do this. Um, hey, guys, I'm really grateful to actually be here. Um, as you mentioned, I am from the Institute of Self Mastery. And what caused me to actually found the Institute of Self Mastery was um, I was really passionate at a young age on self-development in general. So I really wanted to um, bridge the gap between self-development modalities in the market at present that uh, offer just a Band-Aid solution. I wanted to create um, an institution that would actually give people hope back into self-development and the confidence and ability to make a change and it actually be lasting. So I went about a journey to actually um, study everything I could about the human mind, human potential, work with some of the greatest coaches overseas and in Australia, um, challenged a lot of the current work on the market and came up with my own that actually gives lasting results in removing beliefs, uh, emotions uh, or negative as such in the human brain that causes people to sabotage their goals or desires. So, mm. yeah, very very excited to be here to uh, share what I've learned along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you for that yeah. background and introduction. There's obviously a lot a lot of depth there that I'm that I'm mm-hmm. feeling, which is great. And yeah. um, so we're just, we've got a few you know things we're going to cover here. I mean, the topic for this episode is more more so based around, you know, applying discipline, habits and willpower and, and like the roles that they play in our life, you know, in the pursuit of us being able to achieve the life that we want to achieve and be the person that we want to be. Yeah. So the yeah. previous episode was more, like was called The Mindset Cycle. Um, that was our previous number three episode. So I guess we're sort of putting out these episodes in a bit of a flow. So as people listen, that's like a progression <laughs> of, I guess, um, just enlightening or you know, material that's going to help people just improve their current situation. So to kick off the questions and get straight into it, I mean, it's going to yeah. be more like an, like an open discussion, but more so definitely getting your view on, on these topics and questions. So first of all, would love to, you know, hear a bit more about, you know, in terms of, you know, the roles that discipline and habits um, and willpower, the roles that they play in our lives, like what's your view on that perspective and what, what yeah. can you sort of share in that regard? No problem. Great question, Zach. So what roles do discipline, habits and power have in our lives? They have a, a great role and for the, for the reason being that they're actually the catalyst for us to actually achieve our goal. You know, a lot of people say to me, you know, I practice the law of attraction and, you know, I put things out there and intentions for my health and but I can never seem to kind of stick to my goals moving forward. I seem to sabotage. So what role does it play? It's the ability to take action. So, you know, you can want a desire and have a desire and try and put those principles in place. But if there's problems with the brain's ability um, to allow those mechanisms of your ability to take action and be disciplined and there's something affecting that, uh, the role it plays is it affects your ability to actually reach what you desire. Um, The cause of that as such is um, or the the 
the role it actually plays is it's critical to be able to set and achieve your goals and consistently achieve it through obstacles, failures, and your ability to actually move past resistance, move past any obstacles that are creating you to fail. So discipline is the ability to keep going through all of that, um, and that's why it's actually crucial in goal setting as such. Um, so there's a few things that actually um, can obviously hinder that, and I'm happy to answer that if that's what you need. Um, it's a bit of more of an in-depth explanation, but let me know if you want me to go into that as well. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of uh, discipline and yeah. you know habits and goals, yeah. Um, maybe we can sort of talk about discipline a bit more specifically and like you were talking about before, it's, it's a discipline that will get you through um, you know, whatever it is you have to overcome. So yeah. obviously discipline is something that a lot of people struggle with, especially with things that they should be doing. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah, like, like now what's, what's a short sort of explanation on why, why people mm-hmm. find it difficult to actually apply discipline to things that they they think they want or they do want? Perfect. Great question. So discipline is either activated in the human brain, depends upon uh, a really simple formula, and that formula is if what the person is striving for is unconsciously programmed to be pleasurable or painful. So what do I mean by that? So say, for example, I'm going to use an example that's completely outside health and fitness, so whoever's listening can completely relate. So say, for example, if someone sets a goal that they want to make um, $10,000 in six months, okay? Mm -hmm. But unconsciously, and there's so much stuff in the market uh, about this and negative beliefs around money, so I'm not going to hone too much in on that. But say, for example, if the person wants to create $10,000, but they unconsciously associate money as creating them to be unhappy because that's what they've been programmed to see in their childhood environment, that money causes unhappiness, money causes families to separate, money is the root of all evil, money um, separates families, money causes people to focus their attention on things and not allow me to get attention from the people I care about. Well, how is discipline affected by a mindset like that? Well, we will not be disciplined towards something that we negatively perceive Uh, as painful if that makes sense so relating that back to a health goal uh, for example if what we think we desire uh, is going to bring some type of pain in our life then we will unconsciously not be disciplined towards that so for example we set a goal um, to be healthy so we join the gym and after that two weeks we notice our motivation starts to drop most people will kind of like start lagging off uh, on the gym and not know why or what's actually going on inside of them. So they start to believe that they're lazy, they're not motivated. You know, all those, um, you know, Facebook posts that go around on the internet yeah. regarding like me at the gym after day five and there's like a person laying down on the floor. Well, that's not our natural state as human beings. When we set a goal, we will be disciplined to actually achieve it. We're not... Uh, programmed as human beings to be lazy it's our unconscious brain that actually um causes us to be lazy and it's our beliefs that seduce us into having that state of laziness or what we know as a lack of motivation towards our goals does that make sense yeah yeah definitely um there's one thing that came to mind as you were talking about that so i kind of feel like there's this there's this gap um kind of like an unconscious gap between between people's uh, programming and conditioning, yep. then their ability to apply a discipline 
to achieve their goal. I feel like there's a gap in between and you were talking about, yeah, like people obviously they're, you know, growing up, whatever their beliefs that's been conditioned around money or around health or around taking action. Um, Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are going out there starting new things and then falling off the wagon and sort of, of course, you know, blaming the whole like I'm not disciplined without having any idea of what's this, of the underlying programming that's really affecting it. Um, and that's exactly. something that you helped me through as well with a few <clears throat> things, which I'm like just relating it back to. So yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. You're a hundred percent right. And that's what causes the yo-yo effect in people's goals. So they set a goal, uh, to lose weight. New year's resolution hits. They achieve, they start achieving it for like two to three months and they disappear from the gym for like six months. Hmm. Then they be really hard on themselves in the meantime and then join the gym two months later and they try again. But if your unconscious brain wasn't programmed like this to begin with, your efforts and your discipline will be constant. Does that make sense? So people will fall off the wagon because of this and people are actually in the market are now getting tired of all the times that they let themselves down. But it's actually not them. And even though they're blaming themselves, where if they just reprogram their thinking around what they're trying to achieve, there wouldn't be this yo-yo effect in their lives, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that seems to me to be very, very um, well, well put, actually. So if I understand you correctly, what you've said is that the reason that, you know, people tend to bounce in and out of, you know, getting, you know, very, very highly motivated and inspired to act in a certain way to achieve what their conscious mind tells them that they want to achieve, what their thoughts and their um, conscious beliefs are. And then yeah. that's pulling them in, in one direction. And then in the other direction, if the unconscious mind and what the unconscious mind thinks is pleasurable and painful is not aligned with what the conscious mind thinks so, then exactly. there's going to be a conflict and um, that's what the unconscious exactly always get, wins. Exactly. And that's where you get the yo-yo effect um, and the proof that it's actually happening in their lives by their behaviors and what they're doing. Um, so not to say that it's not their fault. And the, the, what really irritates me in the self-development industry is people give people so much grief about, you know, you're just not motivated enough. You're not disciplined enough. Get a personal trainer. He'll push you into your goal. It's like, um, I'm sorry, you cannot unconsciously um, bash this program into doing what you want it to. It doesn't work that way. The person will end up avoiding their personal trainer, you know, start sabotaging on their goals, not do the things that their personal trainer has asked them to. And that's why a lot of personal trainers are getting frustrated with their own ability to not get clients results because they don't Mm. understand the way that their client's brain works and what's actually happening. So they're like, Oh, that, that's just a lazy client. That's all that client's not for me. They don't know how to reach and set their goals well if their brain's been programmed like that of course they're not going to be able to right yes and um adding to that and this is just i just had the thought just then and let me know if this resonates with with you as well it also seems that because the pt or the coach in that moment doesn't understand um their own tendencies towards allowing their unconscious to pull them in any given direction then they can't properly um sympathize with their clients either no, and therefore they're they're amazing at what they do on a bodily sense and their knowledge in terms of, uh, and this is a huge statement, I'm sure that there's amazing PT trainers out there, um, but I'm saying you can be amazing at the body and you can be amazing at nutrition, but if you don't understand the way that your client's motor works, which is their brain and that actually controls the body, well, you're not in control of what the client does or 
does not their unconscious is and you're not going to be able to lead them to the best results possible does that make sense yeah that does and so um based on that um since it is unconscious which means that you know we're not aware of what's going on yeah um how would you say the process of becoming more aware of what our unconscious processes are Cool. So that's dependent on a few things. And like if there's any personal trainers that will be listening to this call, the best tips I can give, or even if it's just individuals that want to improve their own health, um, it's critical to understand that discipline is hindered by one, what we think we can actually achieve. So if the person that's going to see a coach or wanting to change their own life does not believe that they can achieve it, well, the discipline is going to be hindered by it. So it doesn't matter if they have a personal trainer, they're going, you can do it, you can do it, come on, five more. If they believe that they cannot do it, they are going to sabotage that goal. It's going to be a struggle for them. They're going to every day feel negative about going to the gym because they're trying to unconsciously override a goal that they don't think they can achieve. Does that make sense? So Mm. the first thing that it's actually... um, affects whether the person can be disciplined or not naturally is whether they actually believe they can lose the excess weight, whether they believe they can stick to their goals. You know, if they have unconscious programs like I can't do it, I can't achieve it, well, that they're going to feel hopeless about um, their ability to do it and they're going to feel more dependent on their personal trailer, trainer to actually help them reach that goal. So that firstly affects discipline. Secondly, whether they actually believe they deserve to have amazing health and success. Right. If they don't believe they deserve good things or success, well, why would we do things if we don't believe we deserve it? It just doesn't seem uh, congruent, does it? No. No, it does yeah. not. Yeah, because so. if we don't believe we deserve money, we're not going to be pitching to high-end clients. We're going to be uh, going to clients who are going to give us the bare minimum to reiterate the fact that we don't deserve it. Right, so and a, a person who doesn't believe they're worthy of good health because they've seen their father and their mother be obese, well, they don't want to outshine their uh, father or mother's success, so they, they already believe that they don't deserve it. So someone who doesn't deserve it, you can look at their behaviours. They won't go to the gym. They'll eat um, you know, fatty foods. They'll go on this binge diet. They'll go on really bad diets for them that, that don't work for their body because they're actually already unconsciously sabotaging themselves because they know they don't deserve it, so they need to prove that to themselves. So understanding whether the client really believes that they deserve success and they deserve to feel and be amazing. So many people have been programmed, if they were criticized, that they deserve to feel bad. So if they feel healthy, it's now incongruent with what health is going to bring into their lives. Uh, Thirdly, whether they believe that they're worth it. Um, and this all comes down to a self-esteem thing. You're not going to have someone at low self-esteem eating and being amazing in their health habits if their worth does not reflect the behaviors they're trying to embody. Uh, and fourthly, um, probably the fear of committing to doing whatever it takes. And that comes down to a person's ability to know that they can overcome obstacles, meaning, you know, I work with a lot of uh, clients in the, uh, that have been to gyms and they're really tired of, like, failing themselves. And a lot of people, the first week, second week, won't get the results they want. And then a lot of people out there in the market that are not working with a coach, they're kind of doing it alone, will not get results after two weeks and give up because they, don't, they have the fear of doing whatever it takes. Where if that fear was not present in their life, week one, week two, they'll notice that they haven't received any... Uh, 
achieved any results, they'll talk to a personal trainer and say, hey, I'm doing X, Y, Z. What am I doing wrong? Or week two, look, I've been training really hard at the gym, but I'm not losing anything on the scale. What do I need to adjust? And that means that you have the commitment to do whatever it takes. So irregardless of failures, irregardless of the obstacles, irregardless of the results, you're going to commit to do whatever it takes to achieve that uh, goal, whether it kills you or it doesn't. So those things um, being inside a lot of the minds of humans does affect their ability to be disciplined and therefore does affect their ability to be um, uh, to achieve their goals and actually reach success in their health sphere. So that's mm. probably um, the simplest and shortest but complex answer I can give without <laughs> leaving anything behind. Yeah, no, that, was, that was really good. Thank you. Um, as you were talking, I was definitely relating it to myself, but I... I sort of want to come from the other side of the spectrum now and of course. and see it from, um, I guess, from the customer's side or from the client's side. So yeah, as a personal trainer, um, one thing that, you know, not even it's not even about being a personal trainer, it could be about being anything, but in general, when, when people, uh, okay, so I feel like some, a person's ability to receive advice is purely dependent on how, like how much they want it or whether or not they want any advice you know at all so the reason okay. I make that point is because I find as a personal trainer yeah many clients out there do not I feel would not be seeking out you know mindset coaching or any specific mindset coaching on this kind of stuff to help them overcome you know their unconscious barriers and burdens which is hindering their ability to be disciplined and pursue their goal consistently with or without a trainer. So I guess... Yeah, of course. So, so they won't be seeking mindset advice, but yeah. they'll be very aware of the ups and downs they go through and the ability to um, achieve their goals. So someone doesn't need to know there's a problem with their mindset to know that they need help around their goals. They're, most people are quite aware to know that they don't stick to diets. That's enough. Most people are aware to know that they um, don't exercise at least two, three times a week or go four to five days of not exercising and the weekend comes and they up their calories by like 2,000 calories a day just by the alcohol they consume or over the weekend. So a lot of people know that they're not achieving their goals and they don't need to know whether there's a problem with their mindset or not. They just probably need to go to their personal trainer and saying, I just feel I'm not getting results. And it's the personal trainer's job to say, look, there's a reason you're not getting results. And as, as your coach, I want to empower you to give you the information on what we need to do to get you from plan A to plan B. So you're 100% right in saying people don't know it's a mindset problem, but personal trainers in knowing this information can better um, coach their clients to actually get success if they know this themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, yeah. in that, okay. So, I guess how how I want to uh, frame this next section. So, so let's say like a pers a personal trainer like myself or, or Jeremy, you know, we're, we're very much into the mindset side of things mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. consistently studying it and also talking to people in in a way that's you know going to be adding value to them now. Let's say we have a client that may come to us and they, they purely just want to you know, fit into their old dress and it's a, a size 8 or a size 10 and they're maybe a size 
14 or a 16. And yep. that's their goal. They don't care about anything else, but that's their goal. And for the last five years, they haven't been able to shake it and haven't yep. been able to be consistent. Now, sure, we could just say, yep, no worries. Let's get into the gym. Let's smash it, you know, eat this, eat that, da-da-da. And then, you know, yep. in two weeks, like you've been saying, they fall off the wagon and they're back to the old oh. habits. And they just, you know, once the clock strikes 5 p.m. on Friday, they've fallen off the wagon. Now, of we course. can see this as a PT and we can see it from a coaching and a mindset mindset perspective but yeah I feel like there's cases where we're not necessarily as a PT in a position to coach them on the mindset side of things unless they're actually open to it or they know that we're able to do that so it's kind of like another example might be if you, if you go to your a tax agent and just yeah. do your tax but at the same time he's noticed that you're losing money and investing badly in a few number of assets unless you're open to him giving advice or that you know he can give advice on those topics, I feel your openness is going to be quite low. Like you're going to be more closed-minded than you would be open-minded not having yeah. known what that person can add to you value-wise in other areas. Does that kind of make sense in what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it does make sense and you are right in <clears throat> in saying that. Um, you know, I suppose that boils down to setting expectations at the start when taking on clients and saying, look, yeah. As your coach, uh, you're not going to get it right all the time. There's going to be times when you're going to sabotage. I'll give you a perfect example. I don't really like to talk about uh, my clients because obviously there's confidentiality. So I'll just use a general example. that I had a client on the phone with me yesterday and she was bursting out in tears. And I said, hey, what's going on? She's like, I was doing so amazing and I went away on the weekend and I just started eating what everyone else was eating. And I said, well, no problem. I said, what's the problem? And she's like, I just feel so bad that I did that. We're doing so well. I've lost seven kilos in seven weeks, as you said would happen. I said, perfect. This is exactly what I told you would happen. And all I needed you to do is come to me and tell me what you did. So setting the expectations at the start with these clients that it's going to be a journey of them coming back to you, whether it be good results or bad results, so you can help them and adjust as you go. You can't tell them everything at the start, but as you go, you can get certain ideas on where they're at or what they're doing and adjust it in accordingly. So in her case, I said to her, cool, what had happened? <clears throat> she goes, I don't know, I just saw everybody was eating like sausages and all this food and everyone looked so happy. And I said, okay, cool. I said, and why are you being so hard about yourself about that little failure? She goes, because I was doing so good. And I said, no problem. What's the problem? What, you fell off the bag and once, does that mean you're going to fall off the bag and for the rest of your life moving forward? And she's like, no. I said, well, what do you do when you fall off the horse? And she goes, I jump back on. I said, let's see what caused you to fall off the horse and let's get you back on. That's the problem with a lot of people. They fall off the horse once and they don't have the tools or the coaching or the mentorship to actually allow them to get back on the horse and keep moving forward. And that's where discipline actually comes in. Discipline is the act of falling off the horse plenty of times, but the discipline to get back on, on and on and on till you reach your goal. So setting the expectations mm. at the start that it's going to be a journey of falling on and off and altering certain thoughts or behaviours. And if you set that at the start, there's no disappointment of what are you doing, why are you giving me advice for? It's like, hey, if you want to achieve this, we need to tweak this a bit. It used to just be about fitness and eating. It's now fitness, eating and mindset because when you fall off, the mindset tool is what's going to get you back on. The fitness component is going to get your body losing all that fat and the health is going to make sure you're uh, supplying the right nutrients to your body. So yeah. you can't have one of those components missing um, and the, the client needs to actually have that expectation set at the start. If they're not open to it, 
or you then need to decide if that's a client you want to work with because they're going to fail. Yeah, exactly right. So I guess yeah. a good way to sum that up is, you know, if if taking on a new client and even from the client client's perspective, like if there's people here listening to this right now who are considering not working with only a PT but also a coach and we'll touch on, on coaching in a minute, um, yeah. it seems like the best thing to do is really open up that um, opportunity and line of communication for people to be able to reach out and understand that that's a part of the process. So instead of being like, oh my God, you know, I can't tell my trainer that, you know, I had a whole bottle of wine on the weekend and I went to Sally's birthday and it was deep fried chicken and blah, blah, blah. It's yep. probably better that they do bring exactly. that up and address it so that they can deal with it, own it, and then move on and leave that in the past rather than let that be, you know, hindering and affecting their unconscious conditioning. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where it's so important to set up a really trustful relationship as a coach to not come from a place of judgment, oh my, like, oh my God, I knew you were a foul of the client. Be open because that <laughs> person in that in your client's defense, they're already feeling really bad about themselves because their programs have caused them to do that. So when they come to their coach or their trainer, their coach needs to be needs to be ready to know that they potentially could have eaten McDonald's four times in the weekend and be like, you know what, no problem, let's go, let's move forward. Not why did you do it? Like, don't make them feel worse about themselves than they already do. Um, as a coach or a trainer, it's your job to be like, okay, no problem. Uh, plan B, if that's what you did. So this week, we just need to adjust your diet a little bit because you did consume like 8,000 calories that weekend. Not that I'm going to starve you moving forward, but we exactly. do need to be mindful. It's like <laughs> even yeah. when you're setting a, a savings goal, for example, if a person's got a savings goal, it's about energy in, energy out. If they spent a little bit too much that weekend, well, we need to readjust their budget so that they spend a little bit less to make up what they um, inputted uh, that they that they actually spent that they shouldn't have to keep them on track with their goal. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. on. Yeah. So yeah, so just being being um, absolutely truthful with them and making sure that they are aware of what they're doing. Um, yeah, exactly. And yeah. coming from a place of this is not about making you feel bad about what you did, but I need those results, whether they be, they be negative or positive, to help you get back on. Um, in saying that, though, there is an easier way to do this. And generally, if your client doesn't have an ability to open up to you, and there's a reason for that, and the reason is they generally already have the fear of doing whatever it takes. So if that person doesn't have that, they're going to be more willing to do whatever it takes and have that uncomfortable conversation with their coach or trainer to make sure that they do whatever it takes moving forward after the first failure. Mm. So yep. at the start, setting strong expectations that this is what <clears throat> we are going to do. This is the three elements we're going to work on. And I need a commitment from you that you're going to do whatever it takes. And if that means having an uncomfortable conversation with me that you smashed down like two kebabs and did this, you need to tell me that and commit to that conversation with me. Uh, yep. And that's going to better empower them to know that they can trust you with anything. And therefore they see you as their, their team player, like, the funniest thing is when I work with a lot of my clients, each person you work with, you need to be in a team with them and you set up a relationship where, where if they let you down, they let the team down. So every time a client comes to me and says, this is what I did on the weekend and I readjust things, change their mindset, I'm like, you know what? And they'll be like, I'm so sorry I was crying on the phone. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You can cry as much as you want. Just don't give up. You can chuck tantrums as much as you want. Just don't give up. And all you need to do to not give up is just tell me what you did that weekend so we can help each other and we can support each other as a team. Yep. And 
that mindset moving forward, even if they don't have the ability to commit to themselves, well, they don't want to let other people down. So you take accountability for them and say, we're a team here. It's you and I. So if you don't tell me you're letting us down and I will stay by your side and make sure you achieve the goal. But as a team player, you need to tell me that so I can stand by your side and guide you accordingly. So even if they can't commit to themselves, they will commit to you. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely it does. And that's actually a very, very good tie-in to um, what we'll talk about and then we'll um, draw the threads of this conversation and finish up um, after this bit. So um, in terms of the role that a personal trainer as a physical fitness and nutrition and I guess um, movement lifestyle coach, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. That relation with a client is a, it does go quite deep, but it's also superficial in that they're really just trying to achieve goals for a person's physique, right? Um, but in terms of life itself, I definitely think that every single person should have someone who knows more than them about life to take on that coaching role for them, the, the mentoring role. Tell us, exactly. a bit, tell us a bit about that. Like, What are your thoughts on um, how to go about finding someone who can be a coach for your entire life? No problem. So when choosing a coach, you know, would you go to a homeless person on how to make a million dollars? Would you go to them for advice on how to make a million dollars? Nope. Nah. No. Would you go to, and I don't mean this any offense whatsoever, would you go to an obese person on how to lose weight? Not me, no. No. So you want to choose people who have achieved the thing that you've done and go to them and say, hey, how do I do it? What do I need to do? Tell me everything you've done. What do you do daily? How do you plan your meals? And finding that information from someone who's already done it. And, you know, it doesn't take much to be an expert these days. You just need to have achieved it yourself. Um, And obviously with health, it's a little bit different because that comes into play and There's so many things at play, like someone who achieved a million dollars in a year, okay? You can go to them and get all the advice necessary, but they might not have the same programs as the person seeking advice from. So the strategy is going to be really different. Even if they followed exactly what that that person did, uh, like from, you know, copying everything they did, like writing the same content they did, if that person has different programs, the outcome will be the same because it's all dependent by the behavior and the action that you take. So probably the best thing in choosing a mentor is choosing someone that understands you, understands the obstacles that will come up in the brain in achieving that goal and having overcome that themselves. Yeah. To best mentor that person on their journey to actually getting what they desire. Right. Yes, I understand that. So um, I guess that the way that we would differentiate then between a mentor and a coach is a mentor is someone who's, I guess, been there and done that, whereas a coach is someone who has more of the theoretical aspect and who knows how to coach someone. Yeah, that's precisely right. So, you know, and that you bring up such a good point because... You know, someone can read a thousand books a day and the, the self-development industry is filled with knowledge. But did you know that only 3% of people who embark on a journey, whether it be self-development, health, only 3% of people actually follow through because that's clear a clear point that knowledge is not enough. So you can go to every self-development program that teaches your world full of knowledge, but knowledge doesn't stick when programs come into play because 
your programs just override anything you've just learned. So you people, so many people can have the knowledge on how to do something, but not be able to achieve it because of their programs. Right. So that's exactly where a coach and having the knowledge is not enough. You need also the mentorship to be able to guide that person in what programs may be affecting their ability to actually achieve that goal. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's something that I can relate to quite deeply, um, having had many, not just mentors, but actual coaches, paid coaches um, for many years now uh, for, yeah. for many different things. Obviously, you know, having having had you as my coach at, at points throughout the last six or seven years, um, also having currently having a business coach, uh, marketing coach, and just to quickly share my experience, I feel like even though these coaches that I've had haven't they haven't lived my life and they're not exactly living the life that I want, they have the skills and knowledge and training and experience to help. Well, they've helped me find the answers I need through myself. So. That's one yeah. thing, one massive difference I've found between having mentors and coaches is that mentors, I feel, can sort of tell you what worked for them and how you can do that, whereas yeah. a coach will help you find what's going to work for you. Does that kind exactly. of put that into perspective correctly or accurately? Uh, it does. It does, and I completely get your um, perspective around what a coach and a mentor does. Um, I also think that, you know, with a coach and a mentor, um, you really want to understand whether either or is, you know, before I finish the sentence, I'll just uh, bring a different example into it so you can understand it. You know, have, have you ever noticed on Facebook how distrustful people are of the next best lead magnet or the next best coach um, or the next best, like, program? People are like, oh, it doesn't work, you won't get results. Um so it's more so not about the coach or the mentor that you choose. And so many people are so distrustful, hence all the negativity and the haters on Facebook, because it's that's coming from people who have done programs, worked with coaches in the past, and they start to lose ability to trust people. But that's not the solution. We don't need to become more distrustful of coaches or mentors out there. We need to look within and see what's causing us to not trust ourselves. And that comes back to programs. So you can have the most amazing coach or mentor, but if these programs are causing you to sabotage over and over, it's not because you enrolled in that coach or mentor's program and it didn't work. It's because your own programs caused it to not work. So your trust in yourself is eradicating, but people don't want to look within. They want to blame the program. They want to blame the coach. Okay. You know, I did everything you did, but if you've been procrastinating the whole week, that's not the coach's problem. It's your program's problem. So people become more and more distrustful of mentors and coaches out there Hence all the hate of, you know, people being wary to sign up or do a different program. The solution is don't be distrustful of what the coach or mentor is teaching you. Look within and see what's causing you to not trust yourself to actually follow through. Yeah, 100%. I totally yeah. agree and that makes a lot of sense. And just to, just to quickly clarify the difference between programs. So you mentioned programs in terms of, like, I guess, participating in, in one's, you know, coaching program, but... On the, other end of this, on the other end of programs, you've got your own programming, which exists in the mind. Is that what you were referring exactly. to? Exactly. Yeah, so cool. just to elaborate, someone could join a program to help them lose 40 kilos or say yeah. they're, they're quite, they're carrying a lot of excess weight. 
the first program that they did, you know, they might come up with an obstacle and have the fear of committing to doing whatever it takes. So the first obstacle, they quit and they're like, well, the program didn't work. No, your yep. fear of commitment made you give up before you actually received the results. So it's not that the coaching program that you just enrolled in or the gym membership didn't work. It's your own programming that's actually stopping you from actually getting there. 100%. Yeah. So uh, I find it interesting to watch all the uh, things on Facebook about how, you know, oh, don't do that program. It's a waste of money. I just look within, get rid of your own programs, and no matter what you do or try, we'll um, – create some type of result if you're taking action and you're being disciplined you will get a result whether it be negative or um, positive the failure is also a result because you know what step you need to do to achieve the result the next time and it's a close it's a step closer towards success but if you're not taking any action because you're stuck well you're not going to get any results either way yeah yeah absolutely right yeah. cool so talk to us about what um the so a hypothetical person right now, someone listening who is stuck with yep. a particular um, habits or way of being right now, what would be their um, the thing that they should do to get themselves out of it? And how can people connect with you and learn more from you about things like this? Yeah, no problem. So, say for example, um, if someone's stuck in regards to their health goals or their financial goals. You know, it's going back to the points that we touched on at the start, thinking whether you believe you're worth it, looking at your fears around um, what you're actually desiring, thinking um, in terms of, you know, do you have a fear of failing in it? So you're procrastinating around actually taking action. What's your idea on what failure actually means, which is trying to make you avoid it at all cost. So... Looking within, asking yourself, what do, what do I desire? Do I actually believe I can achieve it? Start to get clear on what those beliefs are, what your unconscious is saying to you. Looking at whether you have a fear of failure because having the fear of failure is what will stop anyone from embarking on any journey or keep them stuck. Um, if you can clear your fear of failure, you'll, you'll run towards fire like it's something positive as opposed to negative. So you'll fail 500 times with excitement as opposed to see it as painful. Um, so probably just looking within and asking yourself basic questions like what do I desire, what do I want, what do I, what, how do I perceive that? Like do I perceive being successful as positive or do I um, associate it with criticism and negativity from others? Do I think that being successful will cause my friends to reject me? Do I think that being successful will cause me to be alone and isolated? Because this is all going to stop you from actually taking action on what you desire. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. I think this is excellent advice and I think people are going to be highly um, driven now to try and fix this stuff for themselves. So, Exactly. Yeah, so and how can – yeah, go on. You're right. So that's exactly why I set up the Institute of Self-Mastery is yeah. to hopefully bring hope back into the world of self-development. Um, having done like over 52K worth of self-development programs myself, I was at the point where I was almost like, okay, self-development doesn't work. Um, so obviously we created this Institute of Self-Mastery to bring hope back in not the self-development industry but in people's ability to achieve and get what they desire. Um, so anyone can connect with me, um, I like even just to have a chat or just to see if um, I can give some insights into their situation. Um, I tend to speak to a lot of people per week that contact me about 
you know, creating a plan on what is in it from them. So what is their blocks or obstacles that get them from A to B? So, for example, someone might say to me, okay, I'm in 100K debt. How do I get out of it? And I'm like, okay, this is the way your unconscious is programmed and this is why you've created that reality. Get rid of your um, X, Y, Z and you'll be able to lift out of that situation within this amount of months. So they can connect with me um, at www.instituteofselfmastery and I'd be happy to kind of put some plans together free just to give people the, the roadmap on what you need to do. That is awesome. You you are an angel. And are you on social media as well? So Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter? Yeah, of course. I connect with people on my personal page, Felicity Musket, or I do have an Institute of Self Mastery page. Um, that's more just for content. I'm also on Instagram on Institute of Self Mastery where I post our quotes to inspire. Actually, the, the Instagram page is for a lot of my clients um, just to put quotes there that are relevant to each person's path. But if it relates to anyone else, you're more than welcome to jump on and um, yeah, follow me on Insta. Beautiful. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, look, we really appreciate you taking the time to jump on. And that was a very, very insightful and enlightening episode. I'm going to we look forward to reviewing it to, um, yes, put everything in summary. And also, we'll put your social media links. Uh, we'll make that available once this goes live as well. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. I um, Yeah, I've been... Uh, been your friend Zach for a few years so I really feel honoured to be able to um, speak in something that's going to um, yeah and be a part of your business journey because um, we are friends and that's it's a beautiful experience to share this journey together so I'm excited to see what comes out of it absolutely yeah thank you yeah you're welcome thank you very much Felicity it's been an amazing interview it's um, yeah I've learned actually quite a bit perfect glad I could add some value Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right, that was fantastic. I really, really enjoyed that interview. So, guys, be sure to get connected with Felicity on social media and also her website, and we're going to make all this available for you in the show notes as well. So, Jeremy, um, tell us, what what was your biggest takeaway? What was your key point that stood out to you most in that interview? Yeah, good question. So for me, what stood out most was the idea that what dictates and drives our discipline and our results are our how we associate unconsciously um, pain and pleasure. So if I, you know, if we unconsciously think that a certain way of being is going to be pleasurable, then we're going to, no matter what we do consciously, we're always going to be pulled towards that. And Felicity, I think, spoke about that quite nicely. And same thing with pain. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think with myself, my biggest takeaway was more more around how important it is for, say, both the coach and the coachee, you know, the trainer and the client, for example, to be very much um, focusing on effective communication and just being open so that both parties are very much aware of what possibilities are available by working together. So very much just effective communication um, and I guess someone's got to take responsibility. So I feel that's definitely the coach's responsibility, firstly. But having said that, the better a uh, client or a person who is being coached can, um, I guess, ex- express themselves, the better results they're going to get as well. Yeah, I, I agree. And at the end of the day, um, the, it's the coach's responsibility to teach the client how to take responsibility for themselves, ultimately. True, sir. Very true. Yeah. 
Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so, shall we? Should I give my random thought of the episode? Hundred percent. Go for it, mate. Random thought coming in. All right. We cannot help but understand English when we hear it. We do not perceive sound; rather, we really perceive the meaning of it. So, what I'm really trying to say here is the fact that we speak English, or we understand English, we can interpret English, and we can also speak the language. You can't not understand it when you hear it. Yeah, there's my random thought. Why do I say this? Because I've tried and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we could go really deep on this. How but... did? Yeah, just give me like a thirty second. What? Like what? were you listening to to try and well I don't know this? like I, I think um, when I've heard other cultures speak in different languages and I have no idea what they're saying right and I've gone hmm I wonder if I can listen to someone speaking English and actually not interpret the words and no matter how, how hard I tried unless I was drunk um, yeah no the words were just coming straight into my mind I knew exactly what the word was what it meant and the intention that they had behind the word right yeah, that's very, very true. And I, I suspect, although I've never done any, any research, I would probably <laughs> assume that um, a different part of the brain is activated when we hear a foreign language compared to when we hear uh, our own. Yeah, no. 100%. That's, that, that could be a future topic to look at. But yes, for the moment, random thought. There Love it is. It. All right, guys. So once again, if you listen to this, we really appreciate you and your support. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't. Reach out to us on our social media pages, especially the Facebook page at Living Philosophy Podcast on Facebook. And um, any questions or anything you'd like us to showcase on the show, feel free to reach out and flick it through. We'd love to give a shout out to you. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap up the show, Jeremy? Yes. Also, if um, you would like to, you, you can also reach out to Health with Zach on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you, sir. Yep. And just find me, find my personal accounts on Facebook. Yeah, that's the one. I'm, I'm not very active on my um, normal one. Not yet. We're going to get you up there. Not yet, yeah. Or just follow my personal accounts. Fantastic. All right, guys. We will see you on the next episode, episode five, yeah. to be released soon. Ciao. Cheers.